Welcome to Real Estate Business Explained. On this show, we share insights to what it really looks like to build a real estate business from the inside, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm Sean, and as a coach and trainer, over the past 15 years, I've seen it all, and I wanna share what I've learned with you. So whether you're just getting started or you've already got a lot going on and you're just looking for something new, I'm confident there's gonna be something here for you. Let's get into it. Hey, welcome to today's episode, and I'm your host, Sean Provence. Hey. On today's episode, I want to continue on this train I've been on about personal habits. And sure, you know what? I might be a bit of a broken record, but the honest truth is that so many people who I've coached and seen over the years struggling to grow their business, to get work-life balance, to, to have healthy relationships, to live a healthy lifestyle, just to enjoy themselves the way that they want to, so many of them are missing a focus on the little things and your daily habits, the things that you do every single day, every single week, those little choices that you make, the way that you live your life, we underestimate this because in the moment it seems really inconsequential. You know, the the decision to take an extra 15 or 20 minutes before you leave the house in the morning the decision to take one night off or to stay out an hour later, these little things don't seem significant in a moment. But over time, what happens is they compound. So you, every single day, have hundreds, probably thousands of choices that you make, whether you think about it or you just kind of allow them to be made for you. But the thing is that these little choices over time are what shape your life. It's not your your plans or your goals that change what happens in your life. It's the little things that you actually do to continue moving towards what you want for yourself. And so I, I, I go and go and go on this with my coaching clients and with my personal choices in my life and the way that I lead my, my organization and my family. And I do this because what I've discovered and found is that if you focus on this and you make this a constant priority, there's nothing else that'll change you uh, as a person as much as your habits. I like to say that your habits are what make you who you are. And all that we really get to do is make choices about what habits we have in our life. So on the topic of habits, one of the most well-recognized authorities on the subject is James Clear, author of this book, Atomic Habits. And this book is so damn good. The guy has a really neat story. He, he spent a significant portion of his life um, studying his personal habits and he wrote a blog about it and it gained an immense amount of popularity because what he would do is he'd experiment. He'd say, okay, well, you know, I'm struggling with blank or I wanna change blank and he'd try something. And he approached it from a perspective of not um, like, just brutality with himself saying like, whether I like it or not, I'm going to do the challenge or I'm going to live this way for a year or whatever. He, he approached it from the viewpoint of how can I manipulate myself to make it so that I can change my habits more easily. And I love the book first off, just because it's an amazing book. It's well-researched. It's extremely well put together and it's engaging to read but I like it just foundationally from the title as well. Because if you think about the title, Atomic Habits, really it plays to the fact that, you know, when we think of the word atomic, most of us think about the atomic, 
atomic bomb, a huge explosion, and this immense release of energy. But atomic actually refers to some of the smallest things we as humans have been able to really record and discover. It's like one of the smallest building blocks of existence. So the, the concept of atomic habits is that, that you can create immense energy and huge positive change or negative change actually by focusing first on the smallest little building blocks. And those are what your habits are, okay? So if we know that we we have habits, every one of us do, whether we admit it or not, we all of us have habits, either positive or negative or maybe neutral. All of us have some uh, habitual nature in our lives and we have things that we do just naturally. But if we know that the habits that we have are gonna shape who we are, they're gonna shape our lives, then a natural question becomes, how do we change our habits? What are, what are some of the steps? And in the book, he breaks it down into uh, a number of really simple concepts, but I wanna go through four of them. There's four main rules that he talks about on changing your habits. And I thought it would be really fun is to, to do a bit of a deep dive on these, have a bit of a conversation surrounding them, but then also talk, in, talk a little bit about how they relate to building a career in real estate, how they would relate to you maybe growing your business, building your team. So what I wanna do is I wanna just wanna walk through these. Okay, so the first rule, rule number one, is to make it obvious. The idea being that if you have to search for your habit in your day-to-day -day life, if it's not something that's right in front of you, it's gonna be really easy to forget, okay? So the first step and the first example he gives of this is raising your awareness. Just being aware of what your habits currently are. And I think a lot of us don't know because they're just habits, right? Do you pick your nose while you're driving? Do you brush your teeth a certain way every day? There's little things that people do without thinking that frankly might not be the best, but you know, they might be something that you picked up as a kid and you're still doing it and you're just not aware of it. So the first step is just being aware of what your habits actually are. Um, you know, I like to look at this like uh, the, the, the new agent, or let's take an experienced agent and you have someone who has been in the business for 15, 20 years and they're like, I don't like scripts. I don't use scripts. I'm like, okay, well explain this to me. When you go and meet with someone to list their house, do you say random words every single time? Or do you have a bit of a structure to how you conduct the meeting? Do you, you know, first sit or do you first tour the home? What, what kind of questions do you typically ask them? How do you determine their level of motivation? How do you go through that process? to get familiar with what they need so that you can actually serve them. How do you describe your services? Well, you've, you've got a habit built around it. On, on a granular level, this is something that you could look at the way that you live through a typical day. What, how early do you get up? What do you, what's the first thing you do? What's the second thing that you do? Do you, you know, how much water do you drink? It's breaking down everything into just an understanding. One of the things that I have a lot of my coaching clients do and um, it usually brings some pretty interesting awareness on their part to what they need to change. I, I call it the, um, the, the time bandit. And it's really simple. It's just a, it's an exercise where for a period of, I like two weeks at least, you track everything that you did throughout the day in 15 minute intervals. 
And the reason we do this for a couple weeks is because if you just do it for a week, there might be something that week that you were taking care of that would change your, your typical schedule. Um, but if you do it for two, ideally maybe even three weeks, what'll happen is you'll get a nice average of what you do, right? Like my wife is traveling to go on a trip to attend a friend's wedding this weekend. Well, she's gone from Thursday till Tuesday. This is not my average week, right? I've got my kids. It's going gonna, it's gonna to disrupt my typical work schedule. So there's there's going to be things like that. But what happens is you start to notice stuff. You know, you, you've got your, for the real estate agent, you've got your lead generation block where you'd normally be sitting down and making calls. But were you actually making calls the whole time? Or did you sit down and get lost in your email for 15, 20 minutes and then kind of wake up and realize like, holy crap, you know, time to get back into it. Well, if you weren't just doing lead generation, then you got to put email or whatever the lowest common denominator was on those tasks that you were supposed to be doing. So it kind of really helps people to realize that a lot of the time what we think we're actually spending our day doing is in reality totally disconnected from what we actually did. It's kind of alarming. Okay, the, the second thing that you want to do when you're looking at rule one, making it obvious, is you want to habit stack. Okay, so habit stacking is the idea that usually our habits are, are they're predicated by something. So when I get home from work, I like to eat, but what I have that's convenient to eat might not be healthy. So you look at the habit that someone might have is they might get home from work and they might grab some popcorn or some chips and sit on the couch and watch TV. Well, that's not a great habit, right? I'm sure there's something better you could do with your time. There's something better you could put inside your body. So the person getting home from work maybe says, you know what, when I get home from work, the first thing that I do is I put my running shoes on and I get out the door and I close the door behind me. From there, I do whatever I want, but I know that when I first get home from work, that's the first thing that I do. For the realtor, it might just be that you don't look at your email when you first get to your desk. In fact, I'll, I'll give you an example. Is I, I actually took my email bookmark off my browser. I have to type my email, I have to type Gmail into the thing to get to my email because I know that if I open my, my, my browser to go and do something productive, right? Like go and work on a project. Well, a lot of the time it might be hidden inside my Google Drive. So if I open my email and then my plan is to go to Google Drive and there's something at the top of the inbox, my habit stack is not going to follow me through where I need to be. So when I open my computer, the first thing that I'm doing is I open my calendar. I look at what my calendar is telling me to do. Little things like this help you avoid triggers. Okay. And then the last area when we're looking at making your new habits more obvious to you is the design of your environment. So if you want to practice guitar every day, don't leave the guitar in its case up on a shelf out of sight. It's just not going to be visible. If you want to be productive at your office, well, make your environment one that fosters productivity. Is it convenient? Are the desks ready to go? Is there a sign on the door saying, don't enter, I'm busy? Are there things that are designed in your environment to protect you from distractions and make it natural that you'd gravitate towards the better things that you should be doing, like your productivity and your focus that you need to have to, to actually make appointments start to happen? So look at everything that surrounds you and just ask, how can you reduce friction and make it easier for you to start so that when you walk into that space, your environment 
the natural thing for you to do is to move towards your actual productivity. Okay, so make it obvious. That's the first rule is just make the new habit like a shining light in a dark room. It's the only thing that you can see is it makes sense for me to go and start on that. Rule two, make it attractive. Now, a lot of the time we're trying to change a habit. So we're trying to move away from something that is less positive for us. And we're trying to move towards something that's more positive, right? But a lot of the time, the more positive thing isn't sexy. It doesn't taste delicious. It isn't something that we do while relaxing on our back and being entertained. It's usually something a little different. So the next thing that we want to do is we want to make it something that like we want. So make it attractive. He gives some great examples of ways that you can do this. First one being temptation building. Okay, so, or sorry, temptation bundling. So he says, okay, well, if you want to move towards a new, more positive habit, well, one of the things that you can do is you can layer things that you're tempted to do into it. And he gives the example of watching Netflix, like you want, love watching Netflix or whatever streaming thing that you do. Um, I'm a YouTube guy because they have so many tutorials and you can learn so much, but who cares? It doesn't matter. But maybe you put a television in front of the treadmill and you allow yourself to watch television while you're on the treadmill. Why not? Right? Me, I love audiobooks. So I, I, when I go to the gym, I'm listening to audiobooks. I'm, I'm catching up on stuff. Okay. So find ways to bundle things that you're tempted to do into the positive activities. There's a lot of things that you do that aren't unnecessarily unhealthy, but they might be a less productive use of time. So you can kind of look at it like an opportunity to cross pollinate your activities. So you're getting that entertainment factor while you're also exercising or getting to where you're going. Um, the second one in making things attractive is that we tend to imitate the people who are around us. So if you're trying to be more productive, you're trying to set a new, you know, uh, a, a new habit in place, that's going to move you towards health, towards better relationships. Well, who are the people you're around? Are they people who are showing up every day, being productive, working on, you know, the same things that you should be working on? Are you in an environment where the, the natural average of the people around you is that they do this and it's just normal? Because if you're the only person who's working hard in your environment, if you're the only one who's picking up the phone every day, if you're the only one who's taking your business seriously and everyone around you is kicking their feet up, you're going to feel like an outsider. And it's not going to be natural for you to want to, to do these things because you're going to want to naturally kind of gravitate to the, the mean of your environment. So look for ways to put yourself in an environment where, you know, at, at least you're surrounded by people who are doing what you should be doing. Maybe at best you're surrounded by people who are a few steps ahead of you. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to be the dumbest person in the room right? Like put me in a room around people who are 10 steps ahead of me. That's where I want to be. I like the discomfort because it makes me feel like I should be doing more. And then make it attractive by building yourself a motivation ritual. So if, if you want to put a new habit in place, well, if it's something uncomfortable or something that you might not love, then who says that you can't have a ritual that's really pleasurable surrounding it? So 
maybe you could build some time into your schedule surrounding your lead generation block, for example, where every day um, before you start, you make yourself a really nice cup of coffee. You take a few moments to just be present and let the words of the day, like a meditation or something to get started. Maybe it's something that you find a way to um, take little breaks and gaps. And I've coached some people through this where they were really struggling to do their lead generation every day, but they were trying to do a three hour block without any breaks. I said, well, that sounds unpleasant. Like, what if you made it pleasant? What if you, you know, made the nice drink and got all set up and you were happy and comfortable before you started? What if you knew that at the turn of every hour, you took 10 minutes to just shake it out, go for a walk, you know, refresh yourself, you know, whatever it is that you need to do just to feel good. Why not make yourself feel good? I, I like feeling good. Why wouldn't you feel good while you're doing it, right? So find little ways to build rituals into it so that it's a reward. So if you are doing something that is less pleasant, then you know that you're only in it for a little bit and then you get a break and you go back and you're gonna wrap it up. I also like to put, if I'm doing this, I like to put the thing that I'm aspiring towards, that little, that little reward or that little treat, I like to put it two thirds of the way in, right? So if I'm exercising and I'm exercising for an hour, I'll go really hard for about 40 minutes or 45 minutes. And then I'll, I'll let myself have a little bit of reprise and I'll come back into it knowing that it's like, oh, dude, I, I got this. Like I'm, I'm most of the way there. If it's for lead generation, same thing. Maybe you take that three hour block. You say, you know what? The first 10 minutes, all I'm going to do is get really centered. I'm going to make sure that I have everything in place. I'm going to close everything out. I'm going to remove all distractions. I'm going to get comfortable. I'm going to get my drink. I'm going to get my snacks. I'm going to get whatever I need. I'm going to have everything ready. And then from 10 minutes in till the two hour mark, I've got my head down and I just know that I'm happy. I'm moving forward. I'm comfortable. I'm all set up. I don't need to think about anything. I'm just in it. Two hours in, the buzzer goes off. I know that I now have a 10 minute or 12 minute break. I'm gonna go and refresh, relieve, shake it out, go for a walk, high five someone, celebrate. And when I come back, I got 45 minutes. It's clean up, it's follow up. I'm just managing whatever I need to to make sure that I walk away from this feeling like I closed it out and everything was cared for at the highest level. Well, that sounds a lot more pleasant than putting your head against a wall and banging it for three hours without a break. Give yourself some, make, make it fun, right? Rule number three is to make it easy. Make it easy. Okay, so what does this look like? Well, first of all, the first rule is repetition, okay? What we want is repetition, not perfection, okay? So if you're trying to do something that's new, it's gonna be a little uncomfortable. So you're gonna be figuring it out, right? Like if you're if you're learning a new uh, system, you're learning a new rhythm, you're learning a new exercise, you're learning something that's outside of what your, your normal um, parameters are, it's gonna be something that's not, not comfortable. You haven't established it yet. So if you're just getting started, don't focus on perfection. Just focus on doing it. What you'll find is that perfection will come, okay? Time on task over time is going to build the muscle for you. And you're going to figure out over time how to get good at it because it's just natural. So don't worry about perfection. We see this all the time with newer agents who feel like they have to memorize their script of perfection before they can knock on a door. They're actually scared to get an opportunity, like an appointment or something, because in their head, they're saying, 
the hell am I going to do? Like, if this person says yes, what the hell am I going to tell them? What am, what, what am I going to, why would they hire me? Why, why would they want to sit down with me? Like, so they mentally are avoiding the thing that they're very much trying to get because they actually feel like when they get it, they're not going to know what to do with it. Okay. Let's just focus on repeating the task. Ask and you'll figure it out when you get there. The next one is to reduce friction. So when you're looking at making it easy for yourself, well, you know, what are some of the things that make it difficult? A classic example is someone who wants to make their calls, but the way that they've organized themselves or lack thereof, like they haven't actually organized themselves, makes it such that they need to do all kinds of crap to get started. So it's really challenging for them to feel successful in it because it's a struggle. Classic example is putting together your call list, right? Like say you say, I want to call the people on this street, but it takes a little bit of research. So what you do is you sit down and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to make my calls. And first you do a little bit of research and then you make a call and then you make a little bit of research and you make a call and you make a little bit of research and you make a call. Well, every time you're doing that research, you have to stop your calls. Every time you make your calls, you have to stop your research. So you're never really in flow with anything. You're not in a call flow for sure, because every two minutes you're doing five minutes of research. So you're not in it. You didn't just say it. It's your mind was over here and now you're trying to bring it back over here. It's uncomfortable and it's definitely not easy and you're not going to be performing well. You're not going to feel like it's something that's easy. So every time it's just going to feel like a struggle. Well, everything about that sucks. So why not take 10 minutes, do all your research and then sit down for an hour and a half and do all your calls, right? So reduce the friction. And then in terms of making it easy, the other thing that people do is they tend to build this mountain in front of themselves. So they'll say, um, you know, I've never, I've never run before. So I know that I want to get into exercise. I'm going to start running. It seems like it's nice. It's beautiful weather out. I'm going to go do my thing. Right? So they've never done it before. And they say, I'm going to start running 10 kilometers three times a week. Well, that's stupid. You're going to hurt yourself. Something's going to break. Why not just start small? Right? So the, the book talks about this example. They call it the two minute rule. They had this guy that he was helping who was overweight and he knew he wanted to go to the gym and get into good shape. So he'd make this whole plan. He'd be like, oh, I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to go to the gym two hours a day. You know what a mountain it is to think about going to the gym for two hours a day when you haven't exercised in years? It's completely overwhelming. So what he did instead is he said, okay, here's the deal. You are going to go to the gym every day. However, you have to leave after five minutes. Every single day, you have to get to the gym. You have to be wearing your sneakers. You have to be wearing gym clothing. You, you do whatever you want for five minutes. Then you have to leave. Okay. Well, what do you think happened? The guy went to the gym every day. He's like, well, that was easy. Make it easy, right? Well, that was easy. And then they went back the next day, did five minutes. They went back the next day, did five minutes. And then finally he came back and he was like, this is stupid. I'm going to the gym for five minutes, but I'm spending 10 minutes, 15 minutes getting there and 10 minutes, 15 minutes getting back. I'm wasting half an hour to get five minutes of exercise. I'm going to stay for 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden, 20 minutes turned into 30, 30 turned into 40. All of a sudden, he's spending an hour every day at the gym, two hours every day at the gym. And he's loving it because he wanted it. It came from within. The other example in the book is, um, is this, this guy wanted to start running and he, he didn't start with a 10K three times a week. He started just by saying, 
when I get home, and this is a habit stack, by the way, when I get home, the first thing I do is I put my shoes on, I lace them up and I get out the door. And then from there, he might decide he just wants to walk around the block. No problem. He might decide that he wants to go for a 30 minute run. He might run a block and walk for three minutes. It doesn't matter. The point is that instead of going to the couch, sitting down and getting a junk food, first thing he's gonna do, he's gonna walk in his house, he's gonna put on his runners, anything else he needs, he's gonna grab his headphones and walk out the door, close the door behind him. From there, dealer's choice, right? Real estate, it could be the same thing. Why do you think I took my email off of my browser window? It's because I know that when I need, need when I sit down to work, I need to look at my calendar because I put my productivity blocks in my calendar. If I'm supposed to be generating leads and attending appointments, that's in my calendar. If I'm supposed to be working on a project, that's in my calendar. If I have to work on a proposal to send off, that's in my calendar. If I'm shooting this video, it's in my calendar. So I don't want to see my email. My habit stack is I sit down, I look at my calendar, my calendar tells me what to execute on. Makes my life a lot easier. All of a sudden, I'm just like this robot following instructions, okay? Rule four, the last, four, the last rule is to make it satisfying, right? Well, we made it easy, we made it attractive, we made it obvious. Well, we also wanna make sure that it's something that we get something from. We want it to be satisfying. So the first rule is immediate satisfaction. What can you do to reward yourself, right? If if you are, are you know struggling to make your lead generation calls, well, where's the celebration in it? What's your goal? Remember, your goal is probably to book appointments. At the very least, you wanna add people to your database. On my team, we bought, uh, we bought a cowbell. We literally had, it was so stupid. There were like 10 of us cold calling in a room. We had all these huge headphones on. We had music playing to drown out the other people's voices and really good noise canceling, but it was, it was a cool environment, but still it's a grind. I'm not gonna lie about it, right? So, I mean, we're, we're hammering away on the phones for like two, three hours every single day of the week as a group. And you know, it, it gets repetitive. So what do we do? We bought a cowbell. And whenever someone booked an appointment, they ding the cowbell like an idiot and we'd all shout and holler. And it's just that little bit of dopamine. And then, you know, we reinforce it again by making sure that like every week we're celebrating the appointments, we're rewarding the people who met their commitments. It's the little things that make a big difference. And then beyond the immediate satisfaction, why not have a personal loyalty program? You think about like if you always fly with the same airline, the, you always rent from the same car company, they do things to reward you. Who says you can't have something like this for yourself? So in, in the book, he talks about quitting smoking and he has people who are quitting smoking, take that, I don't even know what a pack of smokes is, probably like 15, $20 or something, right? Like they're, they're, I'm sure they're really expensive. And a lot of people smoke one or two of those every day. It's a huge, vast amount of money. And I mean, we all know the, the reasons that you wouldn't want to smoke, but it's hard to quit. So what he does instead is he says, okay, well, you're, you're saving $20 every single day that you're not smoking cigarettes. What does it look like if you instead, every single day, you get to put that in a piggy bank and then you get to decide some bigger thing that you move towards, or maybe you just find something else to replace it with. Like, you know, every day that I'm not smoking a pack of cigarettes, I'm taking that $20 and I'm going for a walk with my kids. I'm getting them ice cream. We sit and we do something. That sounds great. I would want to be loyal to that. In real estate, you know, we, we make a lot of calls, right? I always laugh when people say that business, you know, is done on the internet now. I'm like, <laughs> you have made much money in real estate, man. You got to talk to people on the phone. So we, we're spending a lot of time calling people, okay? 
And if you calculate how many calls you need to make, it's kind of depressing sometimes. Like I have clients, I mean, they're talking to a hundred people a day, some of my coaching clients. That's a lot. And if you're doing that, it's like, oh my God, that's a, that's a commitment. You multiply that over the course of a year and you look at what the total total is. I mean, it's a lot, right? But then if you do the math backwards versus how much they're going to earn, it's actually really cool. Because what it means is it usually works out to at least like four bucks per call. So you're doing those hundred calls a day and you're like, oh my goodness, this is so much work. But at the same time, every one of those calls, you got to realize like you just put five or 10 bucks in your pocket. Hey, were you considering selling your home? No, click five bucks. Hey, were you considering selling your home? No, click five bucks. So even if you're not physically putting money in a piggy bank, you could look at that and you could say, hey, like today, I know I didn't close a deal, but I did the work that earned me $1,500. And that example of four or five bucks, that's like really on the low end. If you start to have a bit of a pipeline of business, you have some passing clothes, like you start getting some referrals, the amount that you make for every time you talk to someone in this business is really exciting, okay? So find ways to make it satisfying. And then the last one is to track it. If you're going to be doing anything, you got to keep track of it. Now, your tracking is something that we can get back to the, like, it becomes so big that we don't do it. So with tracking, don't forget to obey rule number one and number three. We want to make it obvious. So the tracker should be right in front of us. is slapping us in the face that we're going to do this. And number three, we want to make it easy. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't track a thousand things. Track three to five things, track them every day, have them right in front of your face, make it easy while you're in the, 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 the task, make it easy to actually keep track of what you're doing and just watch over time as the things that you're doing start to bring results. The cool thing is obviously if you're growing a business, then you have this to reflect upon in the future, right? If you did X amount of commission and you made X number of calls and you wanna do Y amount of commission, well, guess what? Your calls are probably a pretty easy lever to move. Here's the deal. This business is simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. It's a grind. You know, 80% of the realtors who get licensed across the world don't renew after a couple of years. The, the vast majority of them completely fall out of business, which is sad. And if you want to be successful, the daily things that you do to move you from where you are to the success that you want to have in your business, it's, it's the one single most important thing that you can and should focus on, okay? What it really comes down to, I said it earlier, I'm gonna say it again, is time on task over time. The more time that you spend on the tasks that build your business, and there's really only five things, uh, building your skills, scripting and role play, lead generation, lead follow-up, these are the big two, and then appointments and negotiations. Those are the only things. Well, the more time that you spend on lead generation, lead follow-up, and skill building, like your, your dialogues, your scripts, the more time you spend there, the more everything else is gonna come to you. It's time on task over time, and it gets easier, and the momentum builds the more that you do it. It is repetitive. You know, it, it is. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to change your views. I know that one of the first things we said was like, make it attractive, make it obvious, make it easy. It's still hard. It's still hard. What we're trying to do is remove friction and to make it so that it's easier for you to get into it. One of my favorite quotes, and I think that this applies to everything in life, but it, it sure as hell applies to real estate is 
greatness often lies just on the other side of boredom, right? Tony Robbins says if, you know, people tend to overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a couple decades. And it's, it's really remarkable if you can just get yourself on a path where you've got consistent growth and movement, what you're, what you'll be able to achieve. Okay. To do that, it doesn't come naturally. So you got to put some checks and bounds around yourself. You have to, to come up with a plan for how you're systematically going to make these changes take place. And I think these four rules are really simple. I know that they work because I've implemented them in my life. And I know that if you want to get more in your business, your life, your health, your wealth, your relationships, the first thing is you got to change what you're doing. Doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome is the definition of insanity, right? Albert Einstein. So you've got to change if you want change. And don't try to change big things. Try to make tiny changes in your habits. I hope that you give some of these a shot. And I know that you can get what you want if you do what you need to do to get it. So I, I wish you luck and I'm looking forward to sharing more the next time. Thanks.